Praise God. Turn with me today to the book of Exodus, chapter 33. <clears throat> Exodus 33. And uh, it's a little bit of a lengthy reading, but uh, bear with me this morning. Exodus 33, beginning with verse number 11. <clears throat> Exodus 33 and verse 11. Praise God. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, Thou sayest unto me, bring up this people. Thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. I want to call your attention especially to verse 21. Actually, let's, let's look at verses 20 and 21. Verse 20, he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Verse 21, And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning about a place by me. A place by me. Would you put your Bibles down? I want you to reach out to the Lord. I'm asking the good saints of God to help me right now. We need to get a hold of God. We need the touch of the Holy Ghost in this place. God's reaching for some souls today and there are spirits that don't want us to to be able to do that, we need to press our way through today, saints. Let's get a hold of God, everybody, right now. Let's ask God to speak. Let's ask God to move. Everybody, let's lift our voices to the Lord. Jesus, we cry out to you today. 
God, we ask for the touch of the Holy Ghost to be upon this service. We ask for the anointing of God to rest, O oh Lord, upon this place. God, your word is anointed. But Lord, I need that anointing. I'm not worthy, God, of your anointing. But God, I can't do anything without it. God, I'm asking you, Lord, let the Spirit of God flow freely through this house today. Let the presence of God move in this place, O oh Lord. God, I ask you, do a work in this house. Save souls today, God. Save souls today, God. Oh, that's it, saints. Come on, let's reach out. That's it. Let's praise him just a little bit more. Let's praise him just a little bit more. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This passage, this passage is an interesting passage, caught my attention earlier in the week and uh, uh, something about what, what transpired in this prayer meeting that I just could not get away from. Moses, as you know, was a man who had a vast experience with God by this time, by the time he was here talking to God. And the Bible says that God was speaking to him face to face. He had experienced much. He had seen God's fire in the burning bush. He had seen God's mercy in the Passover. He had seen God's power in the parting of the Red Sea. And he had seen God's deliverance in the drowning of Pharaoh's army. Amen. But Moses was not satisfied with what he had seen. He was hungry for something more. And so in our text, Moses is having a prayer meeting and he is making two specific requests to God. There are two things that he is asking of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Uh, the first one in verse 13, Exodus 33, verse 13. Read for me, Brother Goff, if you would. Now, therefore, I pray thee. If I, have, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy I sight, I have found grace in thy sight. Show me now thy way. Show me thy way. Everyone say, "Show me thy way." That All right, I, show me thy way that I may know that thee, I may know thee that I may find grace. That in I thy may sight. find grace in thy sight. Consider that this consider nation that this is nation people. is thy people. Amen. Now, now I know that the thing that most of us are familiar with in this prayer meeting is Moses' second request. And we'll get to that momentarily when Moses asked to see God's glory. But I want to point out to you that before he ever asked to see God's glory, he first asked to see God's way. Amen. I want, amen, for us to realize and recognize today that before we can ever see God's glory, we first have to see God's way. Amen. Moses said, show me thy way so that I may know thee. Amen. It is impossible to really know God intimately unless we first get to know God's way. Hallelujah. Amen. We got to learn some things about this God that we serve. We've got to learn some things about how he thinks, how he feels, how he sees things. Praise God. If we really want to see the glory of God, we need to first see his way. 
Amen. Amen. And then, and then, the Lord assured Moses, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be there. My presence is going to be with you. And and so in saying that, it was an assurance that I'm going to show you my way, Moses. And once Moses had that assurance, then he uh, made his next request in verse 18, Exodus 33 and 18. And he said, I beseech thee. I beseech thee. Show me thy glory. Now, I've pointed out many times that the word beseech means to beg. Moses was literally begging to see the glory of God. Amen. God's fire was not enough. His mercy was not enough. His power was not enough. His deliverance was not enough. I'm telling you, there was a yearning in the heart of Moses. I want to see something deeper. I want to see something greater. I want to see something else, God. Amen. I appreciate what I've seen. I appreciate what I felt. But God, I really want to see your glory. Oh, saints of God, I'm telling you, that is my heart's cry. It has been. I thank God. God for what we felt. I thank God for what he's doing. But I'm telling you, there's something deep in my heart. I'm saying, God, I want to see your glory like I've never seen it before. I'm hungry for a move of God that is deeper than anything I've ever experienced. I desire for your glory to be poured out in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm convinced that we have to get that same desire. We've got to feel that same way. Oh God, show us your glory. Now it was after, it was after Moses asked that God would show him his way and show him his glory that God said something to Moses. That caught my attention. And really this is not even what Moses asked. But God extended something to Moses. That went beyond what his prayer was. Listen again to Exodus 33 verses 21 through 23. And the Lord said. The Lord said. Behold there is a place by me. There is a place by me thou shalt stand upon thou a rock thou shalt stand upon a rock and it shall come to pass uh-huh. while my glory passeth by that i will put thee in a cliff of the rock yes and i will cover thee with my hand while i pass by yes and i will take my hand away, away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen. Now in verse 20, God had told Moses, there's no man that can see my face and live. Moses, I want you to understand that part of what you're asking for here, amen, is a death sentence. You can't see my face. I I can't allow you to do that. Amen, there's something about the holiness of God. God, you, you can't you can't reach that place, Moses. You 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 can't go there, Moses. You can't see those things, Moses. But I tell you what, I, I do want you to know this. I appreciate the fact that you've got a desire in your heart for more than what the common man wants. I appreciate the fact that there's something burning on the inside of you. Amen. A yearning down deep in your soul to know more about me. And so I tell you, Moses, uh, I want you to know uh, I'm not going to show you my face, uh, but I'll tell you what, there is a place. There is a place by me. There is a place by me where I'll let you stand. I don't know if you recognize it or not, amen, but, but this was... A beautiful invitation from the Lord to come to a very special 
place. Amen. The Amplified Bible says it this way. Behold, there is a place beside me and you shall stand upon the rock. The Bible in basic English says, there is a place near me, and you may take your place on the rock. The complete Jewish Bible says, here is a place near me, stand on the rock. Amen, another Bible says, there is a place with me, and thou shalt stand upon the rock. I believe that incorporated in this invitation, the Lord was saying, amen, it's a place where you're going to stand firm. My glory's going to pass by. You're not going to be consumed there. You're not going to die there. This is a special place, a place of safety, a place of security, a place of salvation. I may not let you see my face, Moses, but I am going to bring you to a very special place, a place by me, a place near me, a place beside me, a place with me. I do have a special place where I'm going to take you, Moses. I'm going to let you see some things that nobody else gets to see. I'm going to bring you into a special place that's reserved for you. Not just anybody's going there, Moses. There is this place. You know, it's almost like God's letting Moses in on this little secret. Uh, you know, most people don't know about this, but there is a place. There is a place that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to, Moses. I'm going to bring you into that place. And God said, I'm going to let you see. You won't see my face, but he said, you're going you're gonna to see my back parts. And most scholars and theologians believe that it was... In that moment, amen, he didn't see a theophany of God. He didn't see a man pass by and Moses looked at the backside of God. But, but most scholars believe that it was in that experience that God began to reveal to Moses how the heavens and the earth were created. How else could Moses have written the things that he wrote with such detail? He read in the book of Genesis. How could he have written about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? How could he have told even about his own birth and the situation surrounding it? Amen. And carried out such minute detail except the Lord had given him divine revelation. I want to tell you, God took Moses to a special place. Oh, church, that's what my heart's hungry for today. Amen. That's what I'm yearning for today. I want to go to a special place. I want to go. Amen. I want to hear the invitation of the Lord. I don't want to just stay where everybody else is. I want to go to that special place. Oh, praise God. Read for me, Brother Goff, Psalm 65 and verse 4. Psalm 65 and verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. Now, now listen. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. That he may dwell in thy courts. He may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house. Even. Even of thy holy thy temple. Holy temple. I, I, can't, I can't read or hear this verse without thinking of the story that was told by the late Elder Verbal Bean. He related, of course this is way before 9-11 and TSA and all of that, you know. Uh, Elder Bean passed away in the early 70s. But he told the story of being on a flight with a preacher friend. He said the two of them were flying uh, on a commercial uh, airliner and uh, he said they were up in the air and all of a sudden he looked up and he saw the pilot walking back to where he was. And the pilot stopped right at his row and looked at him and he said, Sir, I understand you're a preacher. And Brother Bean said, Yes, sir, I am. He said, So is my friend here. The pilot said, Oh, that's great. He said, uh, how would you like to step into the cockpit with me? And Elder Bean said, oh, I'd love that. 
And uh, he looked at his friend and said, would you like to go? And his friend said, no, no. I said, I'm, I'm fine right here. So Elder Bean said, said, I got up and said, I walked to the cockpit with the pilot. He said, I sat down there in the cockpit. He said, it was an amazing experience to sit in that place. He said, the view from the cockpit is so different than what it is when you're sitting back there with the rest of the passengers. The passengers look out that little bitty window and the best they can do is see where they're at or where they've been. But when you're up there with the pilot, he said, you've got a full view of everywhere that you're going. You've got a broad view of the things that are yet to come. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something happened on that plane and the pilot chose Elder Bean and caused him to approach unto him. You, you couldn't just get up and walk up there, but the pilot chose him. Amen. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. Amen. I believe that that's what God does. Amen. In fact, here in Psalm 64, the Cambridge Bible says that the language used in this verse is that which is used of the priests who were chosen and they were caused to approach unto God. They were brought near unto God. That that's the language that's used. But 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 they said that here the psalmist is saying that God has, has said, I don't care if they're of the lineage of Aaron or not. I don't care if they're Levites or not. That doesn't matter. Once in a while, God looks around and he says, I don't care what your lineage is. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your background is. God says, I'm choosing you and I'm extending to you an invitation to a place by me. I'm going to let you come. I'm going to let you sit in a special place, in a heavenly place. We're not just Everybody in the world gets to set, but I am inviting you. Oh, hallelujah. I feel this this morning. Oh, he said, not everybody in the world is going to get to set in these heavenly places, but I'm calling you. I'm choosing you. I'm inviting you. If you want to come, there's a place. Woo! Saints of God, if we only understood. Sinner friend, if we only understood how much God desires to have a close relationship with his creation. I, I, I was looking at some verses yesterday that really got a hold of me. Uh, listen, listen to Luke 22 and verse 15. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. Luke 22, verse 15. Listen to this. And he said unto them, He said to them, With desire, with desire I have desired to eat this I Passover. I have desired to eat this Passover with, with you, you before I suffer. With desire. This is King James. With desire, I have desired. But I looked at several other translations and they, see, they say things like, with fervent desire, or I have eagerly desired, or I have greatly desired, or I have a deep desire. Or one translation said, I have really wanted this so much. Can you imagine, Brother Hilton, the God of heaven saying, there's one thing I really, really want. I just want to sit down at the table with you. I just want to spend some time with you. I just want to dine with you. That's, that's what I want. Oh, the desire in my heart to spend a little time with you. Yeah, well, that was his disciples. That's not me. Well, he didn't just say it about the disciples. Listen to this, Luke 13 and verse 34. If you think he doesn't feel that way about you, listen to Luke 13 and verse 34. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, 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 which killeth which, the prophets. Listen to this. 
which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often, How I would, have often thy would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings. And you would not. You understand? He's speaking to a people that's rejected him through the centuries. People that have praised him with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. But even in the midst of all of that, he stands there weeping saying, Oh, if you only knew just how bad I want to spend time with you. I'm just like that mama hen. I just want to get you under my wings and pull you as close. Oh, listen, I feel what I'm preaching this morning. There's a desire in the heart of God. God. He wants to draw close to his creation. He's saying to you, I'm inviting you to a place by me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The NIV says, how often I have longed. How often. I have longed to gather your children together. The Amplified says how often I have desired and yearned to gather you together. Oh, if we could only understand how very much God wants us to take that place by him. Now listen. I said it a minute ago, but I got to stress this. It's important that we understand this is not based on pedigree or bloodline. Well, amen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, or what your history is. Amen. Listen to what Peter says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. Then Peter opened, then his, Peter mouth opened said, his mouth and said, Of a truth, of a truth I perceive that I perceive God, is no, respecter that God is no respecter of persons. God doesn't care how bad you've been. God doesn't care, amen, what you've been involved in. God doesn't care, amen. You can make all of the excuses. You can lay out your rap sheet. God is still not going to turn you away. He's got a desire. He's got a yearning. Oh, he wants to spend some time with you. He wants to get to know you, and he wants you to get to know him. Oh, listen, of a truth I perceive, he's no respecter of persons. He didn't pick me because of my bloodline. Hallelujah. He didn't, he didn't find me in a house of apostolic people. Well, I'm not knocking anybody else. I'm just telling you the facts. My, my mama was a Catholic and my dad was a Baptist. And they didn't take us to church anywhere. And when God found me as a poor little boy of 11 when I first started attending church, I didn't have anything. I didn't have anybody. I'm telling you, God wasn't looking at who I was. He wasn't looking at what I had to offer. God was just looking at a hungry heart. And God had a yearning and a desire. And God said, there's a place by me. I got a seat at the table just for you. I'm inviting you. I'm calling you. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's people right here in this sanctuary right now that God is calling you. God is extending an invitation to you. Oh, listen, you want to know the biggest problem with your past is not the way God looks at it. It's the way you look at it. 
Well, hallelujah, it's not that God's going to hold it against you. It's that you won't let go of it and just let him love you and let him forgive you and let him erase it. Oh, I'm telling you, listen, the church is not made up of perfect people. It never has been. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 26 to 29. Listen, now this is New Testament church. All right, New Testament church. This is in the very beginning. This is the way the church was made up. Listen to 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 to 29. For you see your calling. You see your calling, brethren. brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh. Not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many, mighty, not many, not noble, many noble are called. Are called. But God, but chosen God has chosen the foolish of the world things of the world to confound the to wise. Confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak he things chose the of weak the world, things of the to, world confound to confound things the which things are mighty. that are mighty. And base the base things of the things world, of the world. things which are despised, things which are despised. That God chose. That's what God chooses. Yea, and not and things which are not. And the things which are not to bring to, to not bring to not that are things that are that no because flesh he doesn't want any flesh to glory in His presence. I'm telling you, God has a way of finding those who consider themselves the worst in society. Those are the ones that. God glories in picking up and washing and cleansing and changing and turning around. I wish somebody would hear this preacher today. I'm telling you, God is extending an invitation. God is calling to somebody. There's a place by me. And if you want it, it's yours. Now that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And just a few chapters later, in chapter 6, listen to what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. Listen to this. Know ye not, know ye not that the unrighteous, the unrighteous shall not inherit, not the, kingdom going to inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, neither fornicators nor, idolaters, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, effeminate nor abusers, abusers of themselves, themselves with, mankind, with mankind, nor thieves, thieves nor covetous, covetous, nor drunkards, drunkards nor revilers, revilers, nor extortioners, extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You say, all right, preacher, so I'm excluded. No, we got to keep reading here. We're not done yet. We could, If we stopped it at verse 10, it'd kind of leave most all of us without hope. But thank God for verse 11. Listen to what he says now. And such, and were, such some of you. were some of you. But you used washed. to be in that list. That's how the church was made up. God didn't reach down and find the pious and the righteous and the holy. God went through that list of people that didn't have a hope of getting into the kingdom. And God said, I tell you what, you don't have any hope, but I'm going to give you some hope. I'm going to make something out of you. It's not about what you are, but it's about what I can do with you. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but, but you are sanctified, but you are justified, justified in, the in the name of the Lord Jesus, Jesus and, by and by the Spirit, Spirit of our God. God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God has a way of reaching down and picking us up, amen, finding us where we are and making something out of us that we could never make out of ourselves. None of us deserve to be here. Not one of us. Not one of us deserve to be here. You know why we're here? Because God chose us. God chose us. And he caused us to approach unto him. Listen to John 15 and verse 16. Listen, listen to what Jesus said. 
Ye have not you chosen me. have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. But I have chosen you. And ordained you. And I ordained you. That you should that go, you go and bring and forth bring fruit. forth fruit. And your fruit, and should your remain. fruit should remain. And that whatsoever, and whatsoever you shall, you shall ask, ask of the Father, the Father in, my in my name, he may, he give, may it you. give it you. Listen to what he said. You didn't choose me. You didn't choose me. You didn't choose me. I'm telling you, for many people in the church, Jesus was the last thing on their minds. But one day, he moved to the forefront. You want to know how that happened? It wasn't because they wised up. It's because Jesus walked by and chose them. Hallelujah. Amen. He chose you. You see, you couldn't even be here this morning if he would not have drawn you here. John chapter 6 and verse 44. No man can, no man come, to me can come to me except the Father except which has the Father sent me draw him. Which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up I'll at the last him. day. Amen. No man can even come unless the Father, which is the Spirit, draws him. No man can come unless the Spirit draws him. Listen to me. The devil wants to convince you there's no hope. He wants to convince you there's no chance for you. But I want you to understand something. You could not be here today unless God's Spirit drew you. And God's Spirit wouldn't draw you if there was no hope for you. The devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Amen. I want you to understand something, my friend. Amen. You're here today for one reason and one reason only. Because God chose you. And because he has extended an invitation to you. He's got a place set for you at his table. He's got your name on the placard. Amen. It's right there. It's waiting. Amen. The place is already set. The, 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 the place is right there the knife and fork is ready I'm telling you he's waiting on you he's got a place by him I want to I want to go to an Old Testament story here today I don't want to spend a whole lot more time I've got a long way to go yet but I want to go to an Old Testament story that came to mind 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 3 through 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 3 through 9. Now, if you know much about King David, you know that his dearest friend was Saul's son, Jonathan. David and Jonathan had a covenant between themselves. Jonathan seemed to have spiritual insight that his father Saul just never could grasp. Jonathan understood and even commented to David one day, I know God's with you and one day you're going to sit on my father's throne. Now Jonathan was the man that would have been heir to that throne. But Jonathan wasn't jealous. He wasn't, he wasn't envious. He recognized the hand of God and he and David had a friendship like no other. And they had a covenant between them. And, and it's because of this that after David was made king, and Jonathan was now dead, that this story begins to unfold. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 3 through 9. Listen to this. And the king said, Is there not any, and not yet any of the house of Saul? Is there anybody left of Saul's family? That I may show the kindness of God unto now, him. Now, look, I, I could preach a long time just on this. David had every right to be bitter towards Saul. David spent years running from Saul. And David had not even done anything against Saul. Saul tried to kill him on numerous occasions. 
David could very easily, when he became king, he could have said, is there anybody left of the house of Saul that I can destroy him? And that's the way a lot of kings would have done things. But that's not the attitude of David. Is there anybody left of the family of that man that hunted me down like a dog? The man who made me spend, some say, 13 years running for my life, living in caves. The man who hurled javelins at me. The man who accused me of insurrection. Is there anybody left of his family that I can show any kindness to? Read. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan, Jonathan hath yet a son. Has a son. Which is lame on his feet. He's lame on his feet. The king said unto him, Where said, is he? Where is he? And Ziba said unto the Ziba king, said, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, yeah. the son of Amiel, yeah. in Lodibar. In Lodibar. And then David sent and fetched him out of the so house David of Maker. David sent and fetched him. The son of Amiel. Uh-huh. And from Lodibar. Yes. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of when Jonathan. When Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan. The son of Saul. Son of Saul. Was come unto David. Came to David. He fell on his face and he did reverence. He fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy now, servant. Now, now, now understand, Mephibosheth does not know what David is up to. He is the grandson of this man who despised David. Mephibosheth no doubt knows the story. And he understands how kingdoms work. And he understands how power corrupts. And Mephibosheth is probably fearing for his life. And he fell on his face in front of David. And he said, Behold thy servant. Read. And David said unto him, Fear not. David said, Don't be afraid. For I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan I'm my father's sake. I'm going to show you kindness. And we'll restore thee all the land of I'm Saul gonna, thy father. I'm going to give you all of the land that belonged to Saul. And thou shalt eat bread at my table and continually. Listen to this. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and, and said, bowed himself. What is thy servant? And he said, What that is thou thy shouldest servant? look upon such a dead dog such as a I dead am? Dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. All right, and read verse 13 for me. So Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth dwelt, in Jerusalem, dwelt in Jerusalem. For he did eat continually, for he did eat at, the continually at the king's table. And he was lame on both, his, he feet. Lame on both his feet. Do you understand there was no greater honor that could be bestowed on a citizen than to dine at the king's table. You know who else is seated there? The noblemen, the warriors, the king's family. Everybody that was anybody of significance was sitting here at the king's table. And here is Mephibosheth, lame in his feet. You understand that as a cripple, as a cripple, now that he's no longer the grandson of a king, he would have been reduced to begging for the rest of his life. Here's a man who should be a beggar by all rights. And you walk up to the king's table, Brother Goff, and here's the king's mighty men. And here's the king's family. And here's all these people of splendor. And who's this guy? Him? Oh, that's Mephibosheth. You mean the guy that ought to be out begging? Hey, he's not out begging. No. 
He's sitting at the king's table. All the days of his life, he's going to sit by the king. He doesn't deserve to be there. He's not worthy to eat there. And let me tell you something else. When you're sitting at the king's table, it doesn't matter when you're sitting down that your feet are lame. You're equal with everybody else. When you're sitting at the king's table, then all of those problems don't even matter anymore. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody in this house today. It didn't matter then. Nobody cared. I just got a feeling knowing David the way that he was, he probably made sure Mephibosheth was carried in before anybody else got there. He made sure he was comfortable. Nobody that walked in knew that Mephibosheth was lame. There was nothing about it. He'd make sure the crutches were put away. Everything was hidden. And when you're just sitting at the table, nobody knows that there's a problem with Mephibosheth because everybody's equal when you're sitting at the king's table. David said, hey, Mephibosheth, I got a place by me. I got a place by me, and I'm inviting you to come and dine at my table. Jesus, Jesus said something similar. Luke 22, verses 29 to 30. And I appoint unto you a kingdom. As my father hath appointed unto me, yeah. that ye may eat and that drink you, at my table in my kingdom. That you may eat and drink at my table. Hey, God, don't you see I'm lame? Don't you see all the problems with my life? Don't you know all my weaknesses? Don't you know all my problems? Don't you know all my faults and frailties and failures? Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But none of that's going to matter when you're sitting at the king's table. I'm inviting you to come and sit at my table. I'm, in, I'm inviting you to come and eat at my Oh, God, oh, God. I feel the Holy Ghost calling somebody right now. I got a whole lot more notes. Musicians, I want you to come. I got a whole lot more notes to go. But I feel like God is calling somebody right now. He's got a place for you. He's got a place for you. He's calling you. He's drawing you. I'm telling Telling you, there's no reason why you can't come to the king's table today. There's no reason why. Hey, Moses, I appreciate what I see in your heart. There's something there. There's something down on the inside of you. And I tell you what, because of what I see, I'm inviting you to a special place. Ooh, let's stand, let's stand. Oh, Jesus. Today the Lord stands waiting. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's got a place for you. He's got a place by him. I'm going to tell you, the seats aren't predetermined. You can sit as close to the master as you want to get, however close you want to get to him, it's available to you. You don't have to be a preacher to get close to the master. He's just looking for somebody that'll hear his voice. There's a place by me. I got a place by me. Here, come over here and sit. I got an empty seat right here. I got an empty seat right here. There's a place by me. Won't you come sit by me? Oh, let's lift our hands. Let's talk to the Lord. Would you help me pray right now, church? 
If you're here today, you need power of the Holy Ghost. This altar is open. Come on. Come on. This altar is open. You're lost today. He wants to save you. This is your opportunity. He invites you to come. He invites you to come. He's got a place for you. In fact, you know what else? This place is nothing compared to another place he's preparing John 14 said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also you know what heaven's all about it's about having a permanent place by him that's what it's all about in fact the apostle Paul said it this way for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord that's where I'm headed that's where I'm headed I'm headed to a place by him why don't you come this morning come on these altars are open why don't you come why don't you come let God do a work in your heart let God do a work in your life let him fill you today let him save you today There's a place, there's a place. Saint of God, how close do you want to get? Are you content just sitting across the hallway? Are you happy? Just being able to see him at a distance? Well, I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm eyeing a seat right up beside him. I want to get close to him. I want to get close to him. I want to get close to him. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray.